The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I am your host. And thank you to all of you uh, who are listening out there. Thanks for joining us today. We're very glad that you're listening. We've got a great show for you. I'm loving getting your comments on Facebook and your emails. Uh, It's great to hear from you. Thanks so much for participating, and thanks for letting me know how much you're getting out of the spirit of recovery. Uh, It's just great to hear about that. Be sure to post on our Spirit of Recovery wall on Facebook. Um, I always start a new thread for the week's topic, and so there's one already today for this week's topic about uh, choosing serenity, family members in recovery. So we welcome you and your comments on our Facebook wall. And thanks also, I know you're, uh, as you're listening, you're spreading the word to the people that you know, uh, people that you know in recovery, people that you know in unity, and people that you know in, in your other uh, circles of friends. So thanks for spreading the word and keep doing that. Uh, we're just thrilled to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity FM. And again, it's be great to be hearing from you and getting your feedback. So every week we are talking about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. Our guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who are working with people in recovery or who are writing for people in recovery. And so we're bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking we're a welcoming place here, so you're, if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of addiction, if you're a family member or a friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, or if you're simply somebody that wants to learn more about the process of recovery, the Spirit of Recovery welcomes you and your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister, and I'm also trained in addiction counseling. My ministry is Soul Matters. It's a consulting ministry that's a professional resource for spiritual communities, people in recovery, and counseling professionals. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And almost 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. 
And ever since that time, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that walk keeps transforming my life in wonderful, rich ways and keeps me growing. So I am very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and hear what you're experiencing on your spirituality and recovery walk. One of the things that we do every week on Spirit of Recovery is give away a recovery book. And our books are gifted from Hazelden Foundation, and their website is www.hazelden.org. And Hazelden is spelled H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N. And thank you so much. Thank you, Hazelden Foundation, for donating these books. Uh, What a gift. Uh, Hazelden has its own publishing house as well as distributing other recovery books. And we're so grateful and thankful to Hazelden for donating these books that we can then give to you, our listeners. Today's book is written by Al-Anon Family Groups, and it's the daily reader, Courage to Change. It's just full of great wisdom for family members and for anybody that wants to build healthier relationships. So today we're going to uh, have a drawing for that book. So you can call into the studio um, or email in right now to give us your contact information. We won't put you on the air. We'd just like to put your name in the hat. And later on in our program, we're going to be drawing to win this book today. So the phone number is on your screen there on your computer, and um, the email is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. So uh, know that if you call us or email in, that we certainly keep your information confidential and uh, don't share that with anybody. So you can go ahead, call in or email in and just put your name in the hat for the drawing for the Al-Anon book, Courage to Change. Today we're talking about choosing serenity, family members in recovery. And I have a very special guest, Peggy Kay, and she is a family member who's been affected by the disease of addiction in her loved ones. This August, Peggy celebrated 34 years of her own recovery as a family member. She's going to be telling us about that today. Peggy's had a long career as an accountant. She changed careers midlife to become a physical therapist, but God had more plans for her, and her deep commitment to her spiritual growth called her to Unity Ministry. So today, Peggy is a Unity Minister, and her recovery is still very much a vital and key part of her life and her ministry. So, Peggy, welcome to the show today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great, and we're uh, very glad you're here and uh, glad you're joining us. And I definitely appreciate your commitment to recovery as a family member. It takes a lot of courage or desperation, or I think sometimes both, for family members to address their situation. It's uh, easy to put all the focus on the person uh, with the disease of addiction, but you took that opportunity when, when that happened in your loved one's life to create a different and new way of life for yourself And you've got a fantastic story with spirituality that's threading through it um, from the very beginning. And I know you've got a lot to share with our listeners today. So um, we just want to hear all about it. So tell us how how it all started. How was it that you were affected by the disease of addiction? And how did you get into recovery as a family member? Well, Anna, let me just start by saying I think that God knew that I was a tough cookie to crack or tough not to crack, and so I kind of had a double whammy um, that got me there. I was I was married to an alcoholic. I got married right out of high school, and I had a brother who had a problem with addiction, 
And um, the way that that really expressed in my family that we really understood it was that he watched his wife get raped and murdered. And then, Mm. of course, he drank. Of course, he drank. You know, he had to get that out of his brain. Mm -hmm. About the time, um, a time that I really started to realize the addiction of my husband was about the time that we had been married maybe eight or nine years. Up to that place, I was was in the place of denial. Um, Most people who are family members um, who have had some recovery understand this idea of denial, and that is that um, it's just not going on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the addictive person is the person who's out there in the gutter, not the person who goes to work every day and comes home and, and, and drinks at home. Um, but there were there were indications periodically that things were not right in my household, and um, when they started to really express themselves, when I really started to feel the desperation, the lack of control, then it kind of happened really fast, and and all within a couple weeks, you know, my my husband got to the point where he had become suicidal, and we had taken him to to the hospital, and at the hospital is the first time I had really heard anything about alcoholism and, and him being addicted, and the, the doctor in the emergency room was saying to me, how long has he been having these blackouts, and I didn't know what a blackout was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it meant that he was functionally as if he was really there and that he, 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 mentally he wasn't, that the <laughs> alcohol had taken over. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, God was was present in my life. What he what where I worked was was in Office of Personnel Management in Washington D.C. And on the same the same hallway as where I was working was the uh, National um, Council for Addictions. And so when I came out of the hospital the next day, when I went to work, I. I went over next door to my friends and I said, okay, today I want to talk to you professionally. What do I do? And they gave me some information and they told me to go to an Al-Anon meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was really feeling that I didn't know what else to do. And so I said, sure, I'd do that. And, um, and the meeting I went to happened to have been, my husband was still in the hospital. He was there for a couple of days and it happened to have been to one in the neighborhood and it happened to have been an anniversary meeting, and uh, so there, it was a speaker meeting. It was a joint AA Al-Anon meeting, and there was an Al-Anon speaker there, and I listened to her, and I, I began to identify with her feeling-wise, but there was other things going on in that room. Um, you know, I was kind of a preppy type of a person, and at the end, you know, when we all circled up and we did this thing called the serenity prayer, um, I was holding hands with a person who, who looked like he was close to being on the streets, and I'm going, oh, I don't belong with these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Little did I know <laughs> how much I belonged with these people. But anyway, so I went back the next day, and I had said something to to the the people next door, and I said, I said, well, I went to the meeting, and this is what I thought about it, and they and they said, well, you know, we have meetings here in this building at noontime on um, actually today. Huh. And, and so I, I went to that meeting, and uh, 
When I was at that meeting, um, it was a, an open AA and Al-Anon meeting, joint because we all worked together, and it was the noon hour, and that's, that's the way they had it set up. And that doesn't normally happen, but that was the way it was set up. And, and the topic of that meeting was choice. And um, I always wanted to do it right, and I always wanted to do it perfect. And so when it came to me, you know, I said, um, I have a choice, and my husband has, has this problem, and, you know, my choice is to stay with him and take care of him and yada, yada, yada. And uh, a couple people down, down the line for me, there was this lady who had six kids and came, came from a Catholic background where her parents weren't supporting her for her decision. She said, I don't care. I can't put up with this anymore. He doesn't... He doesn't pay the bills. They're turning off the lights. I've got to take care of my kids. I'm throwing the bum out and moving on. And my mm-hmm. heart said, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what mm-hmm. I really want to do. And so I, I was listening to myself, and I was hearing what I was saying. So I knew that, that recovery was something that I really wanted, but I, I wasn't sure because of other things going on. And then within the next week, my... My brother was found in Las Vegas with a gunshot in his head, mm-hmm. and it was self-inflicted and was after he had come out of a 30-day um, rehab program. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the rehab didn't take, and it was like God was trying to tell me that, you know, you really, you really need to look at your life and what your place is in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I did. I started... I started to really pay attention. Um, I had a little baby girl that we had adopted, and I was already feeling guilty about the fact that we had adopted her, and I didn't realize that you know we had this disease going on, although there were indicators right there dur- during the adoption process. Um, and I realized finally that you know God wanted her with us; otherwise, they would have picked up those indicators. But anyway, so I got into to starting to look at recovery before I actually hit bottom. It was it was four or five more months down the road before I hit my bottom, mm-hmm. and it happened to have been around Christmas Eve, and and um, they, the alcoholic in my life, my husband was drinking, and 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 I was totally losing it. And mm-hmm. I called somebody in the program, and, you know, Christmas Eve's not an easy time to get into churches for meetings because other things are going on in, at, at churches. And uh, right. I called this, this person, and he, he said to me, he said, uh, what do you normally do? And I says, um, when you get up in the morning, I says, well, I get up in the morning, and I grab my one-day-at-a-time book and I go to the bathroom and I sit on the job and read it and this was like about 8 o'clock at night and he said he said there might not be a meeting but you can restart your day go pick up your book and go in to the john and sit down and read it mm-hmm. and that was serenity for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because when I had called him I couldn't put two words together I had totally lost it Right, so it's like even doing a small thing like picking up the phone um, and then hearing what he had to tell you and choosing to read that book. All of those little things are things that help us to choose uh, to be at peace and not react in the same old ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was probably another oh maybe nine months. We were you know we tried to we tried to get something going where we could live together. Um, my husband tried to to quit drinking and he tried a couple rehab programs and we tried some therapy and and things just weren't working and and he kept kept setting himself up to drink and thankfully. I was listening to that to that still small voice within me that said, "Keep going to the meetings." Right. And I would listen to people at the meetings, and I would go out after the meetings for coffee. And and actually, what really happened for me was that while while we were going to a treatment program together, it was a day treatment program. Um, I was planning to go away to my first Al-Anon convention. A conference and uh, and we talked about that and uh, and my husband couldn't accept that I was going to go away without him. Now, he went right. away on hunting trips without me; didn't make any difference. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he couldn't accept that. And we talked about that. And we talked about that. And when I got back from that conference, um, was when we had the, the the really big blow up. That was the end of. Um, our marriage and the beginning of me fully getting into recovery. What happened when we're I... going to have to go on break right now, Peggy? But we're okay. going to when we come back, we yeah. want to hear about that because we know that was that moment of truth for you. Yes, and that moment when 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 you made a turnaround, and that's that it's all yeah. about. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, what you're sharing with us. Thank you for telling us your story and thank you for your openness about that. So we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back and start with the Serenity Minute and then we'll hear more about how Peggy made her turnaround and how she chose Serenity in a big way. Give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. Put your name in for the drawing for the book and also for uh, any questions and comments. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM. If Unity FM has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about the soul of money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Join author Lynn Twist for The Blessing of the Financial Crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. 
It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Reverend Kevin and friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Unity's online radio, the voice of an awakening world. To join the discussion, call us at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us here today. If you're just joining us, our topic is Choosing Serenity, Family Members in Recovery. And my guest is Peggy Kay, a family member with 34 years of her own family recovery and also a unity minister. But before we hear more about how Peggy keeps her serenity at the heart of her life and how it is that she got into her recovery process and what that meant to her, why that was so important to her, join me as we practice a moment of serenity ourselves. We take a moment to settle down and open up to that peace of mind that is within us in our serenity minute. So we're going to focus on a constructive thought and allow ourselves to be refreshed by the spirit within. So right now I invite you to join me on focusing on this constructive idea. As we relax, allow our minds to rest, to open, and to be refreshed. Our idea for today is from the Al-Anon Daily Reader, Courage to Change. And here's our idea. I remember that a loving God is always here for me, even in the midst of difficulty. My loving higher power is present with me right now as a source of comfort, guidance, and peace. I remember that a loving God is always here for me, Even in the midst of difficulty, my loving higher power is present with me right now as a source of comfort, 
guidance, and peace. Thank you for joining me in this Serenity Minute, and I trust that you are refreshed and renewed by tapping into that source that is God, the good that lives in you. We're back now with my guest, Peggy Kay, talking about how Peggy got into recovery and how it was that she hit that bottom for herself and what it was that propelled her into her own recovery. This is a great time right now to give us a call or an email um, with your comments or questions, or if you just want to put your name in for the drawing for the book. We're happy. Just call in. We won't put you on the air or send us an email, and uh, we'll get you in the drawing for the book. So, Peggy, you were just yes. telling us there uh, what happened. So how, how was it that you really hit your bottom? Well, after I came back from that conference, um, a couple different things happened. Number one, um, at, w- at one point I had walked into to my daughter's room, and we had a safe in the closet, and and um, we had put my um, husband's revolver in the safe. And as I walked into the room, I saw that he was passed out, and the safe was open, and the revolver was in his hand. And I looked at him, and I looked at that revolver already in his hand, and I was thinking to myself, oh, it could be so simple. It could be so simple. I could take care of everything right now. And in the moment I heard that shadow side of myself, I heard myself say those words. I realized how sick I was, how, how much, even though I, I thought I was in recovery, even, even you know, being around people and, and, and starting to have these words come in, into, into my mind, they had not yet come into my heart. And uh, it shocked me. It really made me um, stand up and realize that I needed to do something. So we got we got him in, into a hospital one more time, and and uh, um, I made arrangements to be separated from him and to take my daughter away from him. And during that period, you see, I had married I had married him right out of high school because I was afraid to be on my own. And what I learned when I got away from living with him was that he wasn't my problem. I was my problem. Hmm. As I started to live with myself, I realized that I didn't know how to do that. I just mm-hmm. didn't know how to do that. So, so Al-Anon became even more important for me. It learned, it, it, it taught me how to have courage and step through my fears and, and do what I needed to do. And it not, wasn't just for me, it was for me and my, my little baby girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the things that I did is I I was in a carpool and so I had to I had to drive my daughter to a babysitter and then um, and she moved away so she she moved further from where I worked and I had, took her and then I I had to join the carpool and and you know I prayed to God every day I wasn't sure what God was but one of the things that that I started to learn when I was in the program was you know that. There is a step that says, God, as I understand him, and I really wanted to understand God as my friend, as my buddy, as, as this, this entity that supported me and took care of me and gave me the guidance I needed. 
Well, every time I dropped my daughter off at the babysitter during those hard months when I was starting to learn how to be myself and and not knowing how to do this and not having the strength to do it, as I dropped her off, either as I pulled up to the babysitter or as I got back in the car, when I turned on the radio, the Beatles song, Let It Be, was playing. So God was giving me that gift every morning to to just let it be, just to know that God was there with me. Mm -hmm. You know, Peggy, as I hear your story, I'm just uh, really touched in by how God was just all over it, of course. Yeah, and, of course. And, and and how you saw that. I mean, you, you worked right next door to the National Council on Alcoholism, for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah, how cool was that? <laughs> that, that? That's pretty cool. And um, and and you're, you're hearing Let It Be. You, But also those things that, that were sort of the the so-called coincidences, those small miracles where God's too busy to take a bow is one way I've heard that. But other than that, you were also making choices. I mean, you talked about how you made the choice to to call the the Al-Anon member one night when you were really down and also how you made the choice to be honest with yourself and hear, as you said, your shadow side when when you were so upset and, and, uh, you know, had that thought of, you know, I could take care of things pretty easily right here. Yeah. Um, so you were honest and you were listening and you were making choices as as well. And, oh, that's what an incredible story. Yeah. And and so you're developing now, you're saying that concept of God, that's another way that you, you're stepping out and making choices. That mm-hmm. whatever your concept of God had or hadn't been, it sounds like it. Uh, you were ready to, to make that bigger and and make it as you said more friendly so how did you do that how did you get sort of sort of building that friendship with god or however you understand that well uh, again um i was you know i i was using primarily just people in the uh in the in the recovery programs and i go to meetings you know i would listen to people they say you know go to meetings you know you know 90 days and uh, um, 90 meetings in 90 na- days was what the A's were saying. And, and Al-Anon would say, you know, um, try six weeks. Well, of course, I was way past six weeks by then. But but I kept going to meetings. And I went to meetings for several reasons. Uh, I went to hear how God was being expressed in other people's lives. I went because I was lonely. Loneliness, this is a very lonely disease. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. disease of isolation, and I was lonely, and and I would go to be with people, and 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 uh, and I would go for for the meetings after the meetings, and um, and that's when we would really get down to talking about how the program worked for us, um, from the nitty gritty, and I would hear stories of how God was working in other people's lives, and and I would just keep on continuing to follow up. You know, and I and and I was testing. You know, people would say, um, "Well, you know, if I go here, I get a parking place." And and I wanted to go down to to see a musical downtown in Washington D.C., where you can never find a parking place. <laughs> and I'm going, "Okay, God, let's see if this works." And by golly, it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the thing is, those. You know, you learn after a while, they work initially, and then they don't work so well. It's because God is moving you forward deeper into your path. And so 
So you need to move forward, and that doesn't need to be what what you need at that point in time. But um, then I also I I didn't grow up in a family church. My parents were from different religions. My mother was Jewish. My father was Catholic. And of course, he married a Jewish lady, and it was a second wife. So you know how that dealt with the idea of Catholicism. So he really wasn't Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. So they wanted us kids to know God. So we grew up in the corner church, which was Methodist um, mm-hmm. for a while, and then we moved, and then it was Baptist. Um, so I had a conflicted idea about God and the Bible and Jesus and and that whole thing. And after a while of Throwing that out, which is what I did when I got to Al-Anon, kind of threw out everything I knew about life when I started to grow. Um, My concepts of who I was, my concepts of who God was. And so I wanted to explore explore God a little bit again from a church perspective. And when I met my my next husband, who I was married to for 28 years, Mm-hmm. And he was in the program. He also had a Methodist background, and so we actually got married in a Methodist church. But I just could not get into the church because because it wasn't where God wanted me. Um, is is the best way to put it. Um, but we were open to a church experience. You know, we had a little girl coming up, and we wanted her to to be part of a church experience. And when we got married, we wanted to become a part of one. And one of his friends in, in um, AA had gone to Unity and had said, you know, this may be where you two want to go because, I mean, it fits with the way that you understand God. And uh, so we went, and when we went, we felt right at home and, and, and started digging into the idea of uh, God in that broader sense of community, um, you know, twelve steps talk about about um, the twelfth step itself, about doing this in all your affairs, and that includes your community. and And we were ready for that greater community um, that we saw that God got in, and and wanted. I really wanted to to understand Jesus better. You know, I I came from a background of thinking. There are so many people out there who want to say that my mother's no good because she's a Jew, and I couldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good. I'm glad you yeah, couldn't that. believe that. <laughs> and so I, I needed to get some answers. <laughs> uh-huh. For and sure. I needed, I needed to get answers from me, not somebody else's answers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's where my spirituality took me, was to get answers for me, to, to get my closer work, walk with God, to to get an understanding of how God worked in my life and to to understand that God is much broader than this little box that people have a tendency to put God in. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us, uh, we'll kind of loop back around a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, and tell us for uh, people that may not be familiar with what Al-Anon family groups are. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? And then we're going to come back around and pick up the sure. unity piece again, but... What is Al-Anon? Al-Anon is a, a, a group of um, people, uh, I will say that we're members, but you don't have to do anything to be a member except identify yourself in, who are friends and family who have been affected by someone else's addiction to alcohol. And many people come to Al-Anon who have been affected by somebody else's addiction to another substance and 
they often find after they've been there a while that, that the individual might also have an addiction to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is we uh, study and, and try to apply to our lives the same 12 steps as the, the AA program. The only difference is that when we say that we are powerless over alcohol, we're not talking about the ingestion of it within us. We're talking about the way it expresses in the behavior of others. And... Um, and so, basically, that's the difference. So we say that we're powerless over people, places, and things. People who who are affected by somebody else's addiction are we're not we're really addicted to. What we're addicted to is the person. We find ourselves obsessing and and compulsing over the person, trying to fix the person, trying to to do everything to make the person stop with their addictions. And even if you're no longer living with an individual who is actively in their addiction, you will find that, as I did when I was living by myself, that you you carry yourself wherever you go. That's right. <laughs> and if you haven't done something to change your attitude and change your perceptions, they're still there. And this is an interesting concept that I found with my with my second husband, who I I met sober, and I only knew him sober. And uh, he had an addiction with smoking; he never quite conquered. Uh-huh. Um, and he tried. Bless bless his heart. He tried. He tried the whole time that, that he was alive to do that, and he would conquer it for months on time, and then something would set him off, and there he was smoking again. Well, I say that not because he didn't conquer it, but because when he was out smoking again, where was my thoughts? Right. With him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and smoking. And what was the quality of your life when your thoughts were there? <laughs> so, you know, at least I could... I, I could see that, you know, and and right. I could catch it. Um, but you know, you know, those those things that we grow up with, those early perceptions that we have, um, we can change if we recognize them. We can um, we can alter them and and see it right if we recognize them. But if right. we are not in the habit of doing that, then we're going to find ourselves in places we don't want to be. Right. Thanks, Peggy. We've got another break coming up. Thank you for so much for uh, telling us about how it is and how it works and what family recovery is all about. You're really painting a great picture of, of what happens when uh, family members uh, get some help for themselves and how that benefits them and how it helps that person with the disease of addiction. So, friends, thank you so much for uh for listening and thanks for uh, emailing us in and thanks for calling in and putting your names in for the book. We appreciate it. We're going to take a short break and when we get back, we're going to hear some more about Peggy and unity and recovery and how she fits it all together. And we'll announce the winner of our Courage to Change book. So we'll be back in just a moment. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity FM.
A light shines in the silent unity cupola 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A light that represents 120 years of continuous prayer and stories of blessings received. Everyone has a prayer story, be it healing, prosperity, peace, or personal transformation. Here is one such story. I am a single mom. I lost my job in late May, and the following week my 18-month-old son ended up in the hospital with a severe lung infection. It was a very scary experience, but prayers, faith, and strength got us through. Elias has remained healthy ever since. And, after three months of unemployment, I have been blessed with a job that I love. I am now able to provide a better life for my son, and our lives are being blessed in many ways. Thank you for the strength, faith, and hope that you lovingly gave me. I am a living testament of the amazing, life-changing results of unwavering faith, daily affirmations, and working towards living a more spiritually abundant life. My sincerest thoughts of love and gratitude go out to silent unity and everyone who joins hearts in prayer for the common good of all. For more about Silent Unity's 120th anniversary and to request a free CD titled Timeless Prayers from Silent Unity, visit www.silentunity.org and click on the link. Have a blessed day. Responding Universe Responding How do you really transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life? How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the Universe Responding Spiritual Model for Life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Unity's online radio, the voice of an awakening world. To join the discussion, call us at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you want to call in for a comment, uh, call 888-55-UNITY. 
um, or you can email us, and we'd be glad to take your comments or questions. If you're just joining us, our topic for today is Choosing Serenity, Family Members in Recovery, and my guest is Peggy Kay, who's telling us so much about uh, being a recovering family member. She's got 34 years of her own recovery as a family member, and Peggy's also a unity minister, so she has such a rich experience with recovery and spirituality. I'd like to say a big thank you to all of you who uh, called in and left your name or who emailed us in with your name for drawing the book. And our winner is Jeff. And we're going to get the book on the Al-Anon Daily Reader, Courage to Change, in the mail to Jeff. So congratulations, Jeff, for winning our book today. And thank you for all of you that um, contacted us. And uh, we'll do it again next week for a different book. So um, Keep that. Keep your the calls and information coming in. We want to hear from you, and we want to put you in the drawing for the book. So now we're back to Peggy, and Peggy was telling us there right before break um, how it is that when she focuses on the other person and on whatever it is they're doing that might not be so positive, how that really kind of ruins the quality of her life, and and how as family members it's so important for family members to focus on their own quality of life. Um, so, Peggy, you've, you've talked some about how focusing on yourself and, and your own thoughts and, and actions helps you. How does that also help the person with the disease of addiction? Well, there's one thing that that family members are generally good at, and I know I certainly was good at, and that was enabling the behavior that that um, that occurs. And so, when I put the focus back on myself. What I find is that, number one, I, I'll set boundaries. And so th- there is this boundary. Um, Tell us what that, a boundary is. Uh, a boundary is, is I, will, I will accept this behavior up to this point, and I don't accept this behavior uh, after this point, mm-hmm. so, or I don't accept this behavior at all. Um, and so I, was, I would set boundaries, and I wouldn't accept the behavior. And... and um, and sometimes when you do when you do something like that, you have to be willing to walk your talk. So if you say that, you know, I won't accept this behavior, you've got to be willing to follow through with not accepting that behavior. Right. Um, and, and, of course, that's what I did with my first husband. I got to that point that, that I said I'm willing to no longer accept this behavior, and it was the end of our marriage. Um, with with what I was talking about with my my second husband and, and, and the smoking, I mean that wasn't worth ending the marriage over. But what it was was you know you will not smoke in front of me, and he did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. did not. Um, and the other thing about so so it, it made it more difficult for him to smoke, and it also made him realize you know. Um, I might be doing it now, but I want to keep it up. And so as soon as he got himself to a comfortable place, then he would give it up again. The other thing is that um, when we detach, when we in- detach, when we quit enabling behavior that is not healthy for either them or for us, and we detach from from that behavior, what occurs is that they individual the family member is left with having to make the, those decisions on themselves for themselves. When we enable, when we cover up what's going on, when we make excuses for what's going on, we allow them to continue. 
and that doesn't help them any. Um, when we set those boundaries and, and when we detach from them, what we're doing is we're actually showing them what we call, call tough love, which mm-hmm. is saying we love you enough that we aren't going to encourage this behavior or be part of it and hope that you will see enough that you really want to change it, that you will hurt enough that you really want to change it. Um, and, and knowing that with some addictive behaviors that on our own, just like I on my own and, and my enabling can't do it on our own, that we really do need the, the spiritual basis, um, the God of our understanding to give us the strength to do that. Right. And so, so what we're what we do when we let that go is is we allow that family member the opportunity to to call on on their higher power, on the God of their understanding, to assist them. Right. So it's almost like the family member uh, when they get in their own recovery, they stop contributing to the problem and and begin making space for the possibility of of uh, of, re- of recovery for the person with the disease of addiction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that person's going to choose, or you know, they're going to go however they go. You can't force it, but but at least we're the family members not standing there, sort of making making the problem worse in a sense, or contributing to it anyway, or or as you said, enabling it or yes. participating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know, obviously, Peggy, you are a Unity minister, and you you got the call to Unity ministry, um, and you've. Uh, indicated that your recovery is uh, really important to you as a minister, that it's a, a thing that helps you in ministry. So mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about ministry and recovery? Um, I think for me what has been the most important thing is that um, it allows me, um, recovery. first recovery got me. I would have never been to ministry if I hadn't gone through recovery. Um, and, and ministry was a call to know God more, to know God deeper, and to to be in a place where I could assist more individuals, not just people who who have uh, been in recovery or need recovery, but more individuals to know God deep, more deeply, to to assist them in wanting their awakening and help helping them to be open to that awakening. But in in being um, a person who is a minister, it helped me to um, know the ideas of detachment, know the ideas of setting healthy boundaries, knowing um, knowing that uh, unconditional love, knowing even um, better through recovery how to be in that place of unconditional love and look past past what's going on in an individual's behavior to assist them to to see their behavior and to to want to um, make healthier choices themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as in ministry, you're able to uh, focus on helping people find God's presence in their lives and that power, and also sounds like it helps you with self-care yes. uh, to know some recovery ideas and, and to practice those. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's very easy. Uh, it's very easy for for a minister who who is in a helping pr- profession, like other people in helping professions, to get lost in the helping and not to to um, take the time for self care to set those boundaries for themselves. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that that's 
very important for me now. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you uh, do self-care, both sort of as a family member and as a minister? What are some ways that you do that? Um, uh, first thing in the morning is it started with way back when, when I would take my one day at a time book and I'd go to the John. I don't go to the John anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I take my spiritual literature first thing in the morning. I grab my cup of coffee, spiritual literature literature sit down and i i read and then i pray and i meditate that is my morning every morning that's the first thing i do mm-hmm. and um and that is one of the ways i do self-care um nothing comes before prayer and meditation um you know our master way shower jesus said seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all else follows and uh and i've learned that, that i'm no good to anybody until i've got my divine guidance right that's the first thing I do. Um, um, I I set the time for retreats. Yeah, you know, I take take time out for retreats. I am I take I take my my time. Many people overwork. You know, they just um, seven days a week, and it's easy in ministry to go seven days a week. Um, um, we're only human. We're we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and we have to, we have to just love our humanity. And in that humanity, it means that our bodies need rest, relaxation, and play. And so, um, play for me is 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 dancing. I uh, I do ballet class twice a week. Yeah, you know, I walk mm-hmm. on the beach. Uh, um, these things are important to me, and and it takes. It would take a major crisis before I would put that aside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and and connecting with people, I'm, um, prayer partners. I'm a big person on prayer partners. I have a prayer partner for almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is just you know that would be like a sponsorship in Al-Anon. You know, um, when when you get in. In 12-step programs, they say get a sponsor. Sponsor is a mentor who helps you learn your program. And so um, a prayer partner in ministry is the same. Is, is the same. It's that person that, that keeps us centered in, in, in ministry, why we, why we are in ministry, and, and how to be in ministry, which is all God. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, Peggy, if you had one piece of advice or one uh, word of wisdom is a better way to put it for family members, uh, what would you tell them as we wrap up today? I, I would tell them to um, um, keep, keep an open mind and to find a program and um, become part of it, and it will help them to, to be healthy, happy, and free. Great. Peggy, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. Uh, You're so generous. Thank you for telling us about your life and about your recovery. Thank you for telling us about uh, your spirituality. And um, I know that what you've said today has really touched uh, people and, and supports family members of those people that have the disease of addiction. And so I appreciate you being here, and uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Spirit of Recovery. Thanks so much to our listeners. Thanks for staying in touch. Uh, 
Contact us on Facebook and join us next Tuesday when our topic is Holy Body, Holy Well. And my guest is Dr. Suka Chapel of the Arise Treatment Program. And she's going to be talking with us about her holistic approach to addiction treatment. So thank you again, all of you, for listening and for being part of Spirit of Recovery. And remember, you're a blessing. You're in my prayers. And I see the joy of living expanding in, as, and through you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What makes your spiritual path effective? What truly transforms your life? You can read all the books, hear all the speakers, and attend all the workshops. But what matters is putting spiritual principles to work in every decision you make. Join Reverend Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about how to practice principle day in and day out. Send them your questions to be answered on the air. The email is absoluteliving at unity.fm. Read Reverend Ellen's book called The Five Principles, available at unity.org. Then join Ellen and Laura each week right here on Unity FM to hear how to practice spiritual principles in your life on Absolute Living. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. I am in the right place at the right time for perfect employment. I have fulfilling work to do that is an absolutely perfect fit for me. It may be my present job or a new one, a paid position, or one in which I serve as a volunteer. Whatever I do, I am appreciated and valued for my time and talents. As a paid employee or volunteer, I have more than enough to feed, clothe, shelter, and otherwise care for myself and my loved ones. I remember that the young people in my life also need to be appreciated and valued. Like adults, they are fulfilled in making meaningful contributions to our world, and I encourage them towards success. I give thanks for the great variety of jobs in the world and the people who perform them. There is a purpose for it all, And I know that my purpose 
is always being revealed. Give daily word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.